0: Listening to another powerful message from C3 Southwest Washington. We are so excited you're here with us and we believe God has more in store for you. We're stepping into a new series for this Christmas season entitled What Child Is This? Just remain standing just for just another brief moment. Um, with that, as we take a look at What Child Is This? Um, I want you to see not only this child that we're talking about. His name is? Jesus. Okay, that's like four of you. It's not a trick question. What child is this? Jesus. Come on, say that name. Jesus. Jesus. Amen? That's the child we're talking about. No longer a child. We're celebrating this moment in history, but he's alive today, seated at the right hand of the Father. Sometimes he stands up. He does. We see that in Scripture yet he sent his spirit so that we can experience him, God, firsthand. And what I love about this story is while it's iconic and it's historic and it brings us understanding of what God is doing in the world, it also gives us some some instruction and some understanding of who we are in the eyes of God. We have a tendency to really put Jesus up on the pedestal that he deserves, and that's good, But one thing i want to help you through these next few weeks is to understand that when jesus came he set aside his divinity he stripped himself of his position he stripped himself of authority he he even stripped himself of all power and stepped into the setting on earth in a similar fashion that you and i experience this world and he did that to demonstrate to you and i how we also could step forward limited in our power, and yet trusting in God and trusting in God's power to lead us to incredible places and experiences in life. Because although you don't have to die for the sins of the world, thank God, yet you you have a, as Jen so eloquently said, you have a land to take possession of. And in the process of taking possession of the land that Christ died for you to receive, you will help many others to step in to their land that he has uh, ordained for them to experience. And so that will be my challenge, to help you to see through the blueprint of Jesus some of the amazing things that the Father wants to do in your life and through your life. Reading here out of Matthew chapter number one, verse 20 to 22, it says, this talking about Joseph, the, fa- the, the stepfather really of Jesus, after he's got the news from his fiance that she's pregnant of the Holy Spirit. Wow, what a, what a crazy tale. It's either true or or it's ridiculous. It's one whopper of an excuse or it really happened, and we know that it really happened. The Bible says that as he considered these things, and you'd need to consider them, behold an angel, if things weren't already weird, an angel shows up. I don't know about you, but I've not experienced that. Not to my knowledge, I'm sure I have in this lifetime. The Bible talks about us experiencing angels without realizing it. But this angel showed up in a fashion where Joseph definitely realized it. It says, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She's not lying. She is telling the truth. This is a God moment. He goes on to say, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And that name means something specific which he goes on to explain in his, his description of the who Jesus would become. The who Jesus would become would be the one who has come to save people from their sins. So before Jesus steps onto this planet, buried within him already is destiny. My title this morning is Child of Destiny. It applies to Jesus. It applies to every child ever conceived. And it absolutely applies to you in your lifetime. You are a child absolutely, of destiny. And while your birth might not have been announced by angels, it was celebrated in heaven, the moment of your, con- your conception. And as you read the book of Psalms, it talks about all of heaven clapping their hands, waving their banners as you are successful in the design that God has established within you. Amen? So let's pray. Father, I thank you for your good people. I thank you for the people here who are becoming your people it's that process where you draw us in, you reveal yourself, you transform our hearts and minds by your word and we become sons and daughters. I pray that this is a season where we all take steps forward in that experience and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Everyone said amen and amen. Go ahead and give the Lord a big, big hand. If you agree with that? High five the person next to you. Let them know that they, it's okay to have an artificial tree set up um, or, or one with spiders from the woods. You, it's your choice. Probably a woodchuck living in there by the time you get that thing on. Re- Somebody told me, yeah, they, I have my tree shaken. Are you kidding me? Do you really think that's going to get everything out of the tree? <laughs> I don't think so. Anyways, I'm not against real trees. It's just, uh, it's cool to open up the box and pop it up and plug it in. And there you go. And then you can leave it up for like three months and it doesn't dry up and turn into bacon and catch on fire in the living room. So, um, jumping into this series is going to be exciting, um, and right off the bat, I just want to say that as you look at this story of Jesus, as we see that there's divine purpose before he's ever born, um, destiny is encoded by God at conception, not only for Jesus, according to the scripture here, um, but also for you and I. And I'm to say that again, they're gonna bring the, script, the next slide up. Destiny is encoded by God at conception. You are far beyond just a biological experience, the production of two people coming together and a seed being, an egg being fertilized, and then the natural nine months of gestation. You are designed and created and encoded by God in a way that speaks to uh, divine purpose. You, you, you have been, like Jesus, ushered into this world for the moment that you've been ushered into. And we see this as Jesus is announced that destiny is upon him. He will save his people from their sins. Um, there is a, a, a very interesting uh, concept here, though, I want to talk to you about just for a moment. And they have a slide for this regarding destiny. And there's a misunderstanding in our culture of what destiny actually is. Destiny, our culture would tell us, is us encountering pre-planned circumstances or events that come upon us, and that's destiny, and now we're experiencing them. It, events have been orchestrated that are been set aside for us to go through, good or bad. I uh, don't claim, because I'm very manly, I don't claim to watch soap operas, but one of my first memories as a child growing up, when we had back in the day, three and sometimes four channels on the TV that you hand-selected with a dial, or if you were a child of that time, you hand-select, you were the remote control for your parents. Amen? Anybody, lived live that out? And during the summertime, flipping through the channels, it was not many uh, options, and I remember not wanting to watch a, uh, a soap opera, but there was this key moment that I tuned into where there was this older man and a, uh, a younger woman, they were in the woods and they were talking and he was kind of mysterious and he pulled out of his coat a knife and then he was talking to her about destiny and future events and he wrapped up this knife and he planted it in the ground with the, with the point sticking up and he talked to her about the future is unavoidable and then they flash forward and I was like really hooked, I was like, what's, what's this dude doing? What's going on with this knife? And later on in the show, her and her boyfriend got into an argument in that general vicinity and she had forgot about the knife and the boyfriend ran, chased her through the woods trying to win her affection and she trying to get away, turned off to the right, he turned off to the left, tripped over a branch and landed chest, for, chest first onto that knife. And I remember watching that as a kid, I was traumatizing, I was like, whoa, whoa, like Is is destiny a set of events that we walk through, that we find ourselves landing on, and where there's an element of people destined to be, uh, experience moments of success, even though they've not really tried, or they've made some poor choices, but they, like they fall on, like the man that fell onto the knife, do do people fall into destiny? Is that how it works? Did Jesus just win the lottery and step into this moment and become savior? Have some of the people in the world that we live in, where, did they, the circumstances just lead like to the next step where they find themselves experiencing what they experience? Or what I really believe is true when we look at scripture, destiny is impacting circumstances with the encoded us. I really believe that destiny is something that happens as you and I step into the God-determined version of us that he's always intended. I do believe that as we're pre-wired by God for the time and place that we live in, if we embrace that and if we partner with God, we can step in and we can make a huge difference for his good and for his glory. Now, that encoding still being in there, there's a lot of times where people don't partner with God. And so they step into their circumstances in a way that that encoding impacts their circumstances and who they were designed to be comes out. And yet it's not the full version of who God intended because there is no relationship with God. And so I believe there's many people who have stepped onto the stage and reached towards destiny, but never truly achieved it in a way that really honored God and changed the world as God intended Because they didn't have a partnership with him, and yet they had wiring to be able to experience that moment. And while they fell short, a lot of culture would look at that person and say, wow, that's amazing. They were destined for this moment. And what I would say, yes, they were pre-wired to step into moments like this, but the moment they've created is so far short from what God really intended, how they were really meant to impact the world, not just with a great song that everyone would remember, but a song that would invite people in to experience the presence of God and have their life changed. Yes, not just to be a great actor, but to step into a moment where the acting that they do paints a picture and people step into this incredible experience with God. Yes, this person, they, they, they were encoded to be a great business leader, but in their stepping forward, they created a great company and made a lot of money, but it fell short from stepping into that moment not only creating a great company, but a great company that honors God and honors employees and allows their employees to experience much, much more than just a meager paycheck, but everybody is able to experience the favor of God in that, in that moment. Amen? Do you understand where I'm going with this? Does this, this make sense to you? So destiny from a biblical perspective does it's it's less about the circumstances and it's more about the person impacting circumstances. God has not designed you to be a thermometer on the wall that reads out the temperature of your surroundings. God has pre-encoded you to be that thermostat that partners with him, puts it up on full blast, steps into cold circumstances, and significantly impacts it because that's what you were destined to do. Amen? Amen? We see that in Jesus. We have him up on the shelf here, but I want to challenge you to begin to look at your own life and move your life up to a higher level because you have specific and similar destiny encoded in the who you are. And the reason why I know that is because you're sitting in this room. It's proof positive that there is destiny upon you because you are here and you are the creation absolutely of God. Um, There's a couple verses that will make this especially clear. When you read through the book of Psalms chapter 13 or Psalm number 139, This is the Old Testament's description about the creation of a human being, not specifically Jesus, but really all of us. And this brings me just great excitement that God was involved, hear me for a second, regardless of the circumstances in which you came into this world, God's hand was still on that creative moment. And he wants to use, regardless of the circumstances, your life by his encoding, because it's listed here in Psalm 139, verse 13, saying of God, for you formed my inward parts. Yes, your mom and dad were involved, but God knit you together in the womb. You were actually woven together, the same breath that went into the form of Adam that released life into Adam is the same spark of life that is injected into every conception on this planet from Adam's first child until the last child that will ever be born. It is not just biology, it is supernatural, the life breath of God going into each individual person and not just to create life, but life for purpose. He goes on to say, you knit me together in my mother's womb. It wasn't just gestation, it wasn't just science. God at work weaving not just the physical structure, but that encoding that makes us the who we are according to God's divine purposes. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them. In other words, there are divine appointments and moments that God has fashioned us for. And when that encoding begins to come out, we step into those moments. And if partnered with God, those days not only happen, but they are fulfilled according to his master plan to use you to have a great godly impact on the world that we're living in. Now that also, it's clear when we look at Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 10. Everything has already been decided. Not, not controlled like robots, but laid out according to design. Everything has already been decided. It was known long ago that what each person would be. So there's no arguing with God about your destiny. I hope you dream about destiny. I hope you have a sense of it. Otherwise, it's like there's this divine purpose on you, and yet if you're not engaged with that, you're just really kind of in survival mode. And that's a sad, uh, a falling short of really the capacity that's within you, that of who God intends you to be, what he wants to do in you and through you, and what he wants to accomplish down the road. And Ecclesiastes draws that picture. Understand this. Here's a couple concepts, just a couple of thoughts to to push into you. Destiny doesn't happen to people. Destiny happens through people. Let's say it again. Destiny doesn't happen to people. Destiny happens through people. Destiny is not pushed in from the outside. Destiny is within and is brought forward into the circumstances of life. We don't change our stars we step into the full measure of who we are and we impact the world around us. Destiny does not happen to us. Destiny happens because of us. We, like every child and like Jesus, we are born with destiny just like the Son of God, but our destiny is certainly different. Think about Jesus for a moment. Before conception even happens, and I believe this to be true of all of us, Isaiah 7, 14, hundreds and hundreds of years before the birth of Christ, he says this, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. I don't know if you know that word Emmanuel means God with us. So hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born, already laid into, set into motion in the heart of God and already that pre-planning, that encoding that God with us would step onto the scene. And I believe that that is true of you as well. And while you're not God with us, tell the person next to you, they might need to know, listen, you're not not God with us, but you are with us. And we're glad of that. God has similar divine purposes and design and destiny for your life. And the sooner you catch a glimpse of that, the sooner you get inspired of that, that you maybe lay down some of the stupidity and some of the survival stuff that you've relied on in earth and take the great adventure of following Jesus into all that he died for you to experience and begin to live at a higher level, even still here on this earth with some of the same circumstances, some of the same people, but now all of a sudden, you have a greater, higher calling drawing you to things that are eternal and actually matter that it makes the mundane so much more survivable and doable because they are a small means to being able to step into the big picture. But without that big picture, it really can just be survival mode. Um, Matthew chapter 122 says, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Before the child's ever born, destiny has been encoded into his life. In fact, Revelation thirteen eight tells us this, that Jesus was the lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. Destiny was encoded way back then in the genetics of Adam and Eve for the future Son of God, Jesus Christ. Destiny is encoded within you, destiny is encoded in the lives around you. It makes life sacred from the moment of conception every single time. Amen? Amen. 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 Okay, point number two. You doing okay? Yeah. Did you did you have Christmas cookies on the way here? Okay, good. All right, just checking. All right, I might have. I'm just saying, breakfast is champions. Okay, destiny's encoding is here and now specific. This is really important concept to understand. You see it especially into the life of Jesus. And I'll give you a few scriptures here in a moment. But I think a lot of times we think of our ourselves being injected into a moment that is not best and it's not maybe really advantageous to our success or the things we dream about. In fact, we spend a lot of time wishing circumstances were different or we look forward to seeing circumstances change. A lot of times we want to run away from the circumstances we're in and run to a new set of circumstances that in our mind we would perceive would be better. I've listened to a lot of, I'll just say it, it's garbage. It's in pop culture today. It shows up in in people's thought process and some of what is taught in school and some of the the ridiculous far extreme teachings that are going around on TikTok and not that I even have that, but Facebook and Instagram and all that type of thing. I've even encountered some of this stuff in having discussions with people newer to the church and newer to faith. It is such a negative view on the world. It's such a negative view of our placement on this earth as if we are the enemy to the earth and that we are somehow consuming all of of the world's assets, and we are making this a worse place. And, And really, the best thing that could happen is we all disappear, shrivel up, and then things go back to the before we ever showed up. However, when you read Scripture, you understand that God's focus was not the earth. It was to bring us to establish his kingdom here on earth, and planted man for that purpose, and then said to man, replenish the earth, repopulate the earth, fill the whole earth, knowing that he had wired this thing where it is sustainable. And as we grow together, actually, there's a greater strength and a greater life wealth and things are achievable as we work together in partnership with him and with others. There's a lot of people fixated about the circumstances they're in, or even as maybe would-be parents, the circumstances that they're concerned that they might be bringing a child into. And I have found myself concerned about these same things, but these are certainly circumstances similar to what God sent his son into. We think of our lives as this fragile Christmas ornament. All of us have one of those. It's the one that you put on the tree because you don't trust your child or your grandchild. Actually, when it comes to grandchildren, you'll give them the most fragile one, and if they break it, you sell it. Oh, good job, Johnny! Just because you're a grandparent now, but when you're a child, when it was your child, don't, don't touch that. I'll kill you. <coughs> Not that Rowena said it exactly like that, but it was some similar words. Okay, and I know it seems like that, but it, but but Jesus was certainly the perfect Christmas gift, and looked so fragile born into such poor circumstances that could have been so much better. And yet God sent him at just the right time. I'll show you some verses on that. But bringing children into this world, the moment that you're born into, the moment that you're living into, while we become so worried about the circumstances, we're here to change them. Not to enjoy good circumstances, but to create good circumstances according to the will of God. I've heard people say things like this. Why would I bring a child into this dark world? Because God has created them to bring the light. Aren't we so afraid of all the wrong? We're carriers of the good thing that God has to make the wrong right. Why would I bring a child into potential suffering? Because he's going to be used, she's going to be used to help people escape from suffering. Why would I bring a child into my difficult circumstances? Because believe it or not, you think you're raising a child. In some cases, you'll find that child raises you. I'm going to tell you what, I don't know what my, Steve and Mary, my, my, my children are doing, but I've received more encouragement from my grandchildren than I, maybe in my whole lifetime. I swear, I bang one nail into a two by four and I hear, Papa, that's amazing, good job, and there's clapping. And I'm like, I am the best builder known to man. These hands, this is my destiny if I listen to my grandchildren. They have brought so much encouragement. And it's, the world is a better place because of them. Because of my kids, certainly, and because of my grandkids, I can't wait to have great, great grandkids. I'll be walking on the air probably with that type of encouragement. Why would I bring a child into my difficult circumstances? They will make them better. That's God's design. Why would I bring a child into this overpopulated world? Because if that's a myth, and in fact, we're, we risk the future of a population implosion because of the philosophy that's been out there for the last 50 years. Why would I bring a child into this moral depravity I see all around me, to raise him up with the truth of God and make this world a better place, amen? amen? Why would I bring an accidental pregnancy into this world? Well, circumstances might not be perfect, but God has specific design. Even in what we would say are accidents, while things will happen not aligned with his will, he can redeem all things. Rowan and I had the great privilege when we first started in ministry, um, working with what had been an associate pastor in a church I got saved in. And he moved to Poughkeepsie, New York to plant a church. And we got out of college We actually went, got outside jobs, and helped to serve in the church there for our first couple of years. Now, there was Tom and Elaine, and they had a a younger daughter and a fairly newborn son, but they had, who also lived at the house, Granny. And she was quite a character. Uh, Tom Tom was white. Um, uh, um, Elaine was Puerto Rican and uh, very spicy in a good way. And then there was Granny, who was eccentric, simple, and yet hilarious in the things she would say and that she would do. And her knowledge of, of English, coupled with my depth of understanding of the Spanish language, always created these amazing moments of fun and sarcasm and banter. And Granny, I just always assumed that um, that she was, she was Granny in some way, shape, or form, <coughs> excuse me, but everybody called her Granny, including Elaine. After we had become fairly close as families, Elaine shared the story that granny was her mom, but granny in the culture where they lived and where they grew up in Puerto Rico, she was an easy target for people, not only to make fun of her because she was simple, not everything was there, not everything was understandable to her. She was a loving, kind person and dutiful and helpful and workful, but for people with wrong intentions, she was a target. And one day she became a target and she was raped as a, as a young woman. And while all of society would say, don't bring that child into this world, Granny fortunately had some voices who understood this idea of destiny that even though there are some horrible circumstances in which conception takes place, there's still destiny encoded in that person's life. And I watched as, while family actually helped to erase Elaine, as Elaine got old enough, she began to take care of granny and make sure that she led a good, healthy, protect, uh, productive, protected life in the house of God with the family of God all throughout her days. And I thought, there's so many challenges with that thought and that idea, and that cuts so across the grain of so many of the arguments in today's culture. But I wanna tell you that the so many of the arguments are the largest pile of fecal matter that are out there, that are all very, I said fecal matter, I know I'm being edgy this morning, but hopefully you can, over, you can overcome that. Just be happy I didn't say what I wanted to say, because it's true. There's that, in fact, there's not a, a scubula, scubala, say that word with me, scubala, the New Testament word for fecal matter, but not the polished version of fecal matter. So, oh man, that's a pile of scuba. I'm just being biblical. Okay, so the, the, the reason why, you know, it's... it's <clears throat> in our circumstances, we become so self-centered and so... Thank you very much. We become so self-centered and so narcissistic. But how many of you know the greatest biblical moments are birthed out of things that are so wrong. And if we just clipped off everything that's wrong that ever happens in our lives, we will truly live a life of cancel culture to the nth degree. I sat with a mom and dad of a young junior, maybe senior in high school, when, back when we were youth pastors, who got involved in a relationship physically as she shouldn't have. It's, it's, she wasn't certainly the first on the planet, won't be the last. And when mom and dad found out, they came to see me and the daughter was with them. And in the discussion, the mom was really tore up and was demanding that her daughter have an abortion. And I asked the mom, why why are you so adamant about this? And her response was, what type of parent do you think people will think I am if my daughter got pregnant? Now, I am happy to report Mom has worked through those emotions, that's some <clears throat> 25 years ago that child was born, that young boy, or that young student and, his, uh, and the girl, eventually, I don't know if they got married or not, but I do know that that child has come into the world and grandma and grandpa absolutely love that child and are grateful for that child's presence. We have actually people who have been through this process and I'm so thankful when God comes in at the last moment and turns the heart to believe for something, not just about me, but believe for what God has through me for this child. And so our church is filled with the product of, of adoptions and people placing child in adoption, people receiving child's, children in adoption, people experiencing adoption. And at the end of the day, how many of you know we brought our mess and God adopted each and every one of us? Amen? <laughs> God could have exterminated us. What type of God does this this person make me look like running the universe? God reaches in and he redeems us. You know, your worst mistake can become your secret, well, not so secret, but your superpower in life. That you'll find that your worst mistake if given to God or the worst tragedy that's happened to you, the worst circumstance that you've experienced that you would so love to erase when given to God actually is able to be partnered with God because in your encoding, God encoded you knowing that injustice would be there. Actually, he didn't create the moment for you, but he created you for the moment. In fact, you're wired in a way that will bring him glory regardless of which player you are in a story like that. Yes, maybe some terrible things have happened to you, some grave injustices, and you can walk around and let them, like the temperature in the room would affect a thermometer, and just be impacted by what's happened, or you could rise up and see your God-given destiny and begin to dream about how God can use you in spite of this to impact your world and the world around you. Amen? Four amens online. The comments are rolling in right now. <laughs> I apologize to those of you who are learning the live stream, having to answer all of those amens, but just your lot in life, okay? Um, so Jesus was absolutely born in less than optimal circumstances. Think about it. <clears throat> he was born to teenage parents. Scandalous. For those of you, I mean, it's before there were vehicles, before 911. Didn't God know, what if something happens? There's no 911 to call. He's, this is a fragile Christmas ornament. The circumstances could crush him. Listen, God's, God's plans are a lot stronger than you think. God's purposes for your life are many times, you might be able to impact them, but you, you would be hard pressed to absolutely destroy them because that encoding is so strong and so powerful that he's placed within your life. Jesus was born in a day and age and born in a time where there was no social media. There wasn't even a microphone. I mean, come on, can you not wait until the nineteen hundred to the 2000s so there's good social media? You know, you gotta get your message out, travel by vehicle, Get use the internet. And yet we read through the scripture, Galatians 4.4, 4, but when the fullness of time had come. You know what that's saying? God stuck Jesus in the exact perfect time and place for what he was encoded for. In fact, Romans 5, 6 says, you see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the, uh, for the ungodly, at just the right time. You discover in the book of Acts that God has actually placed every single one of us in the right time and the right place. I know you thought you were real smart picking that spot on the map, putting your finger there, or actually closing your eyes and saying, let's go there. Or maybe you think a job has led you to your spot, or your parents have led you here. God knew exactly where your encoding would impact your future the best. Amen? You've got to be able to see that. You are here for a reason, and part of the reason is the circumstances, some of which you've created, but some of which have just been thrust upon you, but you've been wired for this. How many of you have used the wrong tool for the, wrong, the right job? Or the wrong tool for the wrong job? You know what I'm trying to say. Anybody used a butter knife on a screw? How many, how many husbands and wives have had serious moments of come to Jesus because of that? Come on, guys, how many of you, instead of going out to the garage, or maybe even ladies, instead of going out to the garage, you reached into the, the, the drawer in the kitchen to find something that would work instead and it didn't actually work, <laughs> right? That's not the issue because you were created for this time and this place in your setting. You are exactly what is needed to live this life, to be successful, to raise your kids, to speak into the life of the people around you, to make a difference at work. You feel like, well, this is just the job I've taken for now. Well, it might just be the job you've taken for now, but if you've only boiled it down to a paycheck, you are missing the destiny waiting to unfold because of your presence in that company. And those bad circumstances that you're going through right now and the changes you're having to make, Maybe it's the same words that went to uh, the Old Testament young lady who found herself in a difficult spot where her uncle said to her, who knows that you weren't brought into this kingdom for such a time as this. I can tell you people who have come into my life in difficult circumstances and ended up being the doorway into the great things that God had for me. Amen. Stand with me and I'll just give you the last point. I'll finish this up very quickly. Um. In order for destiny to be activated in your life, it's gonna take other people. I'd say to those of you who are listening online, I realize some of you can't be here, Uh, I understand that, but if those of you who are at home, and you can but you're not, and you've bought into this thing that somehow watching TV online uh, is going to allow still all the same process to happen, I will tell you that no child has ever been conceived online. stick around. The wisdom that you will hear pour out at times. And although some will have a romantic, emotional relationship, some real and many not real. Some paid for. Listen, you know the world we're living in. And, And yet destiny happens as real people come together. And their their here and now encoding is unlocked in relationship with one another. So often through godly parents, a child's encoding is brought to the surface in a level of maturity and they're able to step into their moment. You know, there's this one crazy, ooh, durable, one crazy moment. It's like it was designed for such a moment as, oh. Oh. Use User error. Great illustration right there. <laughs> it would have been durable had I had the cap on. You, know, you, you ever had a prop go, go straight? Yeah, okay. Isn't it interesting that as Jesus was getting ready to start his ministry, his mom saw a moment where he could begin to step into doing a miracle, and he said, woman, this has nothing to do with me. It's not my time. But mom could see it was time and turned around and said, whatever they tell you to do, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And Jesus tells them what to do and his ministry begins. God will use people to help polish your life, to help bring out that best version of the encoding. God will use your parents. God will will especially use the people of of our godly family because we're all pursuing the same thing. My life has been so radically advanced in so many ways by being a part of the church family. Present, not watching online, but present, the interactions, the prayer, the worshiping together, the being transparent, the hearing from God, the working through difficulties, learning to build relationships, engaging in the life of the family, just like Jesus did, because even as a child, he said to his mom and dad, didn't you know I had to be in the house of God? Some of you are on vacation, and your kids are like, we need to be back tomorrow. Sunday, I got to be at church." Anybody you've ever heard your child say that? Yeah, I know some of you had. I've had my own kids tell me that. I don't know. We got to be back for church, or I'm staying. I'm staying here. That's happened. Also, the Holy Spirit, the greatest one in our midst, that can be experienced somewhat online or in the privacy of your own home. But let me tell you, the Holy Spirit working through me and working through you as we come together, words of encouragement, the miracles that God does, godly instruction, revelation, words of prophecy, all of a sudden it cracks everything open. And Jesus in the temple regularly then steps into that moment where the Holy Spirit comes on him and it unlocks his future. And he steps into into his destiny because of the relationships with family, the relationships with the people in his temple, his church, and because of his relationship in person with the Holy Spirit, which you and I have the same privilege, amen? Amen. You are a person of destiny. And it's not the destiny of Jesus, but you have destiny encoded in your life, and you are brought to this time and this place in order to have an impact that's remarkable. Amen? Act like it. Stand like it. Posture yourself like it. There's destiny in my life. Amen. How many of you believe that there's destiny in you? Let me see your. Come on. Let me see your hands. Somebody ain't gonna raise your hands. I'm gonna stare you down if you don't raise your hands. You don't want me to stare you down, because then we'll get to know each other. Then then I, then we get to work. Then we really go after destiny. Amen. Destiny's within you, Father. Well, let me say this. Before I pray, destiny starts when you step into the relationship with God. You can't even step into it, you just survive a life until you say yes to following Jesus, he's going to lead you into destiny. That's why he came, not only to fulfill his destiny, but to make your destiny within reach because you couldn't even grab onto it because of your sin. But Jesus died so that your hands would be washed and you could grab onto that destiny that he has for you. And so say yes today to Jesus, amen? Say yes to following Him. As we pray right now, say yes to following Him and let us know afterwards that you've said yes and we'll help you on that journey. And for the rest of us, lean into that vision of destiny. God wants to do great things through His life. Yes, you'll still have to do laundry. Yes, you'll still have to get the oil changed in your car. Yes, you'll still get flat tires. But you'll rise above all that stuff saying, God has called me to great things, amen? Father, I thank you for our church family. I thank you for all the good things that you have wired within us, that you're wanting to bring out. In some cases, you've been bringing it out and it's a beautiful parade of things that we love and enjoy. God, I speak the release of that individual destiny and I speak the release of our collective identity as a church family here in this region because we're a family to make an impact for divine purpose and we know that and believe that. And so, God, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, breathe across our lives. Let us experience the unlocking. Let us see it. Let us smell it. Let us lean into it. Let us pursue it. Not looking for circumstances to change, but looking for our lives to develop in a relationship with you so that we can step into those moments and create change. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Everyone said amen and amen. Thanks for being with us today. Be sure to like and subscribe and visit us at C3SWWA.com for more information about our church.